Companies are under increased regulatory pressure to report on greenhouse gas emissions across their entire value chain, but do they even have the data? Europe's policy response to the climate crisis is leading the way and will have far-reaching implications for companies supplying goods and services in the EU, as noted in our recent blog. Morningstar's Arthur Karabia discusses what the recently published standards from the International Sustainability Standards Board means for companies and investors. We're reaching a point where a certain level of standardization is needed because voluntary standards can lead to lack of information, but also sometimes lack of consistency of information. And really, ISSB is trying to make sure investors uh, have the non-financial information that they need to make investment decisions. We'll be looking at these issues and more in this episode of ESG in Conversation. I'm your host, Melissa Chase. First, I would like to welcome you all to the new ESG in Conversation, Morningstar Sustainalytics podcast offering a digest of the latest research, analysis, and insights on the relationships between environmental, social, and corporate governance issues and global business, finance, and society. If you're interested in learning about how ESG issues are impacting global markets as well as your organization, then this is a show for you. With this new format, our goal is to bring listeners expert insights on not only mitigating risks related to environmental, social, or corporate governance factors, but also ways to leverage opportunities in investment and debt capital markets. This is ESG in Conversation. Let's dive right in. Welcome to ESG in Conversation. Here is the latest ESG stories and insights you should know about. First up, we have corporate emissions reporting in North America. The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission and the Canadian Securities Administrators are both proposing enhancements to companies' Scope 3 reporting requirements. For those unfamiliar, scope one and two emissions refer to a company's direct emissions from owned or controlled sources, while scope three emissions are indirect emissions produced by an organization's value chain. By some estimates, scope three emissions account for most of a company's carbon emissions, up to 70% of total emissions on average. Despite the huge impact on a company's carbon footprint, it would seem North American companies are struggling to understand, calculate, and disclose their scope three emissions ahead of the anticipated finalized rules. An analysis of U.S. and Canadian companies in Morningstar Sustainalytics ratings universe finds only 36% disclose information on all three scopes. Colleagues from our material risk engagement team note that companies regularly cite data quality and calculations, lack of accounting or estimation methodologies, and complex organizational structures that hinder data collection and assimilation as challenges to emissions reporting. Despite these issues, regulators and other stakeholders are demanding consistent, comparable emissions reporting, including scope three. Adding to the reporting pressures are the EU's Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive, which comes into force in January 2024 and could apply to more than 4,300 US and Canadian companies, and the new climate and sustainability standards from the International Sustainability Standards Board but companies in North America are seemingly not prepared for this new regulatory reality. For now, there is some flexibility in reporting as the new rules in the U.S. and Canada have yet to be launched, giving companies and their investors some time to prepare for this new regulatory reality, and more importantly, understand and address the impact of their carbon footprint. Now we move on to broader ESG reporting standards with one of our experts. At the end of June, the International Sustainability Standards Boards, the sustainability-focused arm of the International Finance Reporting Standard, released its long-awaited standards on sustainability and climate disclosures. 
To discuss what these new standards mean for companies and their investors, I'm joined now by Arthur Karabia, Morningstar's Director of ESG Policy Research. Hi, Arthur. Hi, Melissa. So what exactly did the ISSB, the International Sustainability Standards Board, launch at the end of June? So they've created two reporting standards. There is one that broadly touch upon sustainability, and there's a specific one that address uh, climate-related risk and opportunities. So they're two separate standards, and they, they work with each other. What's the purpose of these new standards? Why are they being introduced now? There's been a, a lot of um, uh, voluntary uh, reporting frameworks and standards that are being used by uh, market participants. And it's, it's been great at the beginning, but we're uh, reaching a point where a certain level of standardization is needed because voluntary standards can lead to uh, lack of information, but also sometimes lack of consistency of information. And really, ISSB is trying to make sure investors have the non-financial information that they need to make investment decisions. So prior to this announcement, companies were following reporting frameworks from the TCFD, the Task Force for Climate-Related Financial Disclosures, and the uh, Sustainability Accounting Standards Board, or, or SASB, frameworks. So how does the ISSB climate standards relate to these other reporting frameworks? So the, the ISSB standards actually are built upon those existing standards, and uh, namely TCFD and SISB standards. For instance, uh, both the climate and sustainability standards produced by ISSB are using the four-pillar structure of TCFD. So governance, strategy, risk management, metrics, and targets are the four buckets of information uh, categories that are used across the standards. But there's also a reference to SISB metrics. Um, so SISB states specific quantitative you know, data points that uh, needs to be uh, reported at industry, for industry, sub-industry. Those are referenced in the, in the ISSB standards as well. So it's happening, the consolidation of standards is happening at ISSB level from a content perspective, but also from an organizational perspective because uh, ISSB has uh, absorbed SISB and there's also been a transfer of competencies from TCFD to ISSB. And how does this climate standard compare to the climate reporting rules proposed by the Securities and Exchange Commission in the U.S. or the existing corporate sustainability reporting directive in the EU? Yeah, so the first thing to say is that the ISSB standards don't apply Directly, they, they have to be endorsed by a jurisdiction. Certain jurisdictions have already signaled that they will endorse the, the standards and they're working on it. Other jurisdictions actually adopting their own standards that are, I guess, ISSB inspired, but they have small uh, nuances and differences. So I think that's the purpose, of, I guess, of the question is how different those standards um, are. And there's a really free, I guess, big, Big de development is the ICSB that we mentioned. There's the ECC uh, rule regarding to climate disclosure, and there's also in the EU the Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive with a specific climate standard. So there's three initiatives that are important in, uh, running in parallel. And the first thing to say is that there's a fair amount of convergence, right? They're all referring to TCFD guidance. They're all using the uh, greenhouse gas protocol corporate standard. That's a good news, I would say. And then. There's also some nuances, right? The Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive is using a definition of maturity that's broader, namely double maturity. So you have to perform both impact and financial maturity, whereas ISSB and the SEC are uh, uh, using the financial maturity. These nuances will have an, you know, some implications when it comes to the scope of stakeholders you need to consider when you're doing your reports, right? Uh, so that's an important nuance. 
the other caveat and, and, and nuance I, I would I would bring to answer this question is that the SEC rule is just in its draft form yet, and it's not been finalized, and could also be legally challenged at a later stage. So it's, it's difficult to have a definitive comparison at this stage. So. What does this new standard mean for reporting companies and for investors? When will they need to start actually reporting to this standard? So let me answer the second question first. ISSB standards don't apply directly. So there's for, for it to be mandatory, jurisdiction need to endorse it and then make it mandatory in their own jurisdiction, right? So that being said, ISSB is encouraging issuers as of uh, 2024 to, to look at the climate standard first, and then the sustainability standard uh, a year later. So with the climate standard, ICSB is uh, asking issuer wants to consider that voluntarily to to look at the financial year 2024 with the objective to publish the report uh, in 2025. So what does it bring to the ecosystem? I mean, we've, we've touched upon this uh, slightly at the beginning, but I think it's from, from an investor perspective, it's the ability to have more standardized information, have better comparison between issuers and, and make better investment decisions. You know, from us, as a, as a, from a research perspective, it's pretty much the same. And, and, and for issuers, it's really, it's going to help them because they're going to they're gonna be able to consider one standard instead of multiple standards, provided that the, the local um, jurisdiction Project that we mentioned, CSRD and you know ACC, like those, those like local projects um, that uh, don't necessarily uh, endorse uh, ISSB as such, you know don't don't deviate too much from the standard. But as as we discussed in the climate uh, related uh, space, there's a, a fair amount of convergence, so we're pretty optimistic about this. So thanks for sharing all your insights, Arthur. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to add before we wrap up? Yeah, I think it's. Um, Worth uh, flagging to our audience that uh, ICSB work uh, doesn't stop uh, with those two standards. There is uh, an ongoing consultation regarding their future working priorities, and they've uh, asked uh, market participants whether they should expand their work in three areas: uh, biodiversity, uh, human capital, and uh, and human rights. So there's more to come in that space, coming on top of the implementation of those two uh, standards on sustainability and climate-related uh, disclosures. That was Arthur Karabia. Morningstar's Director of ESG Policy Research. Thanks, Arthur. Taking a look at another sweeping ESG policy. The European Union's Fit for 55 legislation package is the most ambitious example of a policy response to the climate crisis thus far. Its goal is to cut carbon emissions within the EU by 55% by the year 2030 compared to 1990 levels. The measures included in the legislative package cover a wide range of issues, from aviation fuel mix to emission performance standards for cars to building energy performance and energy taxation. This legislative package is expected to profoundly impact companies delivering goods and services in the EU market. The emissions reduction and efficiency targets under Fit for 55 are formidable and ramp up in the years leading up to 2030 and 2050. Companies will need to start laying the groundwork now, looking at changes in business models, supplier relations, technical know-how, infrastructure, factories, and more to successfully meet these targets in just a few years. For investors, they'll need to closely examine companies' management and whether they have the structures in place to align with a net zero commitment. Assessments like Morningstar Sustainalytics Low Carbon Transition Ratings can help investors determine company alignment with a 1.5 degree global temperature rise scenario and the required policy response. 
Although most companies are misaligned, according to our analysis, those that are the most severely misaligned could face the highest risks to their business continuity when regulatory targets accelerate. To learn more about the topics discussed in this episode, click the links in the show notes or visit sustainalytics.com. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at Sustainalytics on X, formerly Twitter, and Morningstar Sustainalytics on LinkedIn and Facebook. Have a question or a topic you'd like us to cover on the show? Email us at podcast at sustainalytics.com. Thanks for joining me on this episode of ESG in Conversation. Until next time. Copyright 2023 Sustainalytics, a Morningstar company. All rights reserved. Sustainalytics does not assess current market trends, legal or regulatory developments, but only opens on recent ESG relevant developments. The information and data contained herein are proprietary of Sustainalytics and or third-party content providers. These are intended for informational, non-commercial use only, and may not be copied, distributed, or used in any other way, including via citation. They are not directed to or intended for distribution to or use by India-based clients or users and their distribution to Indian resident individuals or entities is not permitted. These do not constitute an endorsement of any product, project, investment strategy, or consideration of any particular environmental, social, or governance-related issues as part of any investment strategy, nor an investment advice or expert opinion, are not part of any offering and do not constitute an offer or indication to buy or sell securities, and have not been submitted to, nor received approval from, any relevant regulatory bodies. Sustainalytics assumes no responsibility for the reliability, completeness, or accuracy of any opinion provided herein and makes no representation or warranty as to any of the information, including without limitation, any representation or warranty that the information or any portion of it is accurate, complete, or suitable for a particular purpose. Neither Sustainalytics or Morningstar nor its content providers are responsible for any damages or losses arising from any use of this information, and use is subject to conditions available at www.sustainalytics.com forward slash legal disclaimers.